Welcome back to another episode of the Creekside Podcast. Tune in each week with Drew and James to hear a relevant conversation about a biblical topic. Thanks for joining. Welcome back to another episode of the Creekside Podcast. I'm Drew. And I'm James. Today we're going to be talking about the church, which we've been talking about for a little while. Uh, but it's a great topic, and we've brought out some really good truths. Uh, if you've missed any of the past uh, podcasts, make sure and go back and listen to it. This is our fourth episode in this series. Yeah. So. Yeah, I probably should and point that out if to you're people. watching this on YouTube or something, we do put on the same clothes for every podcast. <laughs> we do we make sure these are our uniforms. These are so, uniforms. Now the Titans week. play today at three thirty, so um, this is going to release after that. So I will either be happy or sad based on um, based on that. Yeah. Uh, well, because you're wearing game. the Tennessee Titans jersey. Then they're gonna win. Right? We're gonna lose every team. Oh. I cheer, every team I cheer for loses. I am a lifelong Tennessee Vols fan, and they lose. They have. They are so good at blowing my expectations. So uh, I always think, hey, we're gonna be good, and then, you know, yeah. not so much. So yeah. anyway, we'll see. We'll see what yeah. happens. We're not here to talk about that though. This isn't a sports podcast. So maybe our next one. Maybe I doubt it. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know anything about so, sports. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay, well, let's talk about the church. I know a little about the church. That might be fun, though, if we had a sports podcast and you don't know any... Like, we'll, we'll show something on the TV, and then, like, uh, like what just happened there? Like, It's it, a touchdown. It's yeah. a baseball yeah, game. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that <laughs> might be fun for you and I, not for the listeners. Nobody else so, cares. All right. <laughs> that's great. All right, well, uh, let's talk about the neglecting of the church. And unfortunately, that is something that happens. Uh, so just jumping right in. How does neglecting the church harm the Christian? I thought about this question for a second, and I jotted down seven things. Um, let me just list those real quick, and then I'll say something about each of them. Um, first is neglecting the church uh, does provides no accountability for the Christian. Mm-hmm. Second is that it provides no realistic examples for the Christian life if you're not a part of the church. Third thing is that there is no opportunity to be challenged. The fourth one is there's no regular diet of the Word. The fifth one is there's no opportunity to love someone different than you are. Wow. Sixth one is there's no regular observance of the sacraments, the Lord's Supper. And the seventh one is that it is disobedient to Christ. Those are not in a particular order. I'm just thinking about some of what the New Testament says there. I um, just want to be, be mindful of, of these kinds of things. So first thing, if you neglect the church, there's no accountability. First uh, Thessalonians 5, 14 and 15 says, We urge you, brothers, right? There's family language there. We urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. See that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. You see that there at the end, that one another and mm-hmm. to everyone? That the 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 ministry of the church is first to the church, and then second, to everyone. I think that's a pattern you see throughout the New Testament. But what is the encouragement there? Um, Paul is urging the brothers to admonish those who are idle, right? That's not a positive, like, description of someone. If you are idle, that's not, like, a good thing. So you're supposed to admonish the idle and say, hey, stop being idle, you know, stop being lazy about things. Encourage the faint-hearted. You deal with the faint-hearted person different than you deal with the idle person. There's some who are distressed because their life is really difficult. They're in despair. You deal with that person different than you deal with the person who is uncommitted or who is lazy, you know, in that way. 
help the weak, the person who is weak. You don't kick someone while they're down, but you help them to, to bear up. All of these things are part of the ministry of the church. And if you're not a part of the church, you might be living an idle life and there's not anyone to come alongside and to admonish you, to encourage you, to help you help you stand up when you are weak and when you are when you've fallen down. Um, and then you see the verse 15 there. See that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. And again, you just see that that aspect, the in, intra-church kind of relationship, and then the outside of the church kind of a relationship. Do good to one another, that's church language, and then everyone, those outside uh, of the church, not to do evil for evil. And so um, if someone admonishes you because you are idle, that doesn't really feel good. You know, right. it's not really like, oh, that really built me up today. But I needed to hear that, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and so that's that's actually a good that someone is doing. So what Paul is saying here, don't don't think that if someone admonishes you, um, you know, for being idle, that they're actually doing something evil to them and then repay them with evil. Actually, if someone does evil towards you, you should repay them with good is what the, what the Bible says. So just something to think about there. There's not accountability uh, if you're not a part of the Christian life. You got anything to add to that? Yeah, no, I think that that's um, taking criticism is hard for some people, and especially when you have a pride issue. It's hard for all people, let's just be honest. I mean, yeah. it's, no one likes to be criticized. I, I agree. Yeah, I don't yeah. like it, you don't like it, and we're representative of all people everywhere, right? Right, so but we, every <laughs> time someone criticizes me and I take what they say and apply it, I better myself. Yeah. And so anytime that there <laughs> is someone that might know more than I do, which is very few and far between, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but when they do, and I... I accept that criticism, yeah. and I and I yeah. take it and make it constructive at it, that point. It's it's yeah, it's important. Yeah, and that's what we're looking for there in First Thessalonians is not condemning criticism, not but constructive criticism, right? And knowing the difference between those two things. If a Christian in your church is being critical of you, or is encouraging, you or is admonishing you in some way, uh, prayerfully, I hope that is something that is done in love and not something that's done just for just criticism for the sake of criticism uh that's a that's an important thing uh to keep in mind there second thing is that there's no realistic examples um for the christian life um you know i I think as christians especially folks who come from a like a godly kind of heritage that they're not first generation christians but are several generations uh into the christian life you know they think about oh my grandma you know is the model for my christian life or my great grandmother or who, my dad my mom whatever um, but notice what paul says in philippians 3:17 he says brothers join in imitating me yeah and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us Part of the Christian life is looking at how other Christians live, and when other Christians are living in a godly way, emulating that same kind of behavior in your life. Now, the goal of the Christian life is not to be like Paul, but to be like Christ. And so Paul is saying, just so far as I follow Christ, you should follow me. So, you know, I have... Very diverse musical tastes, you know. Uh, I get I, I'm a Spotify person, and so last year my Spotify, my Wrapped, you know, that thing they give you at the end of the year that tells you the genre you listen to the most. I was laying in bed on my phone and I was talking to my wife. I was like, "Oh, let me see what kind of genre I listen to the most this year." And number one was Baroque music because I listen to classical music you when just I just Baroque, yeah, Spotify. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and my wife looked at me and she was like, "How are we married?" Like, how, how did how did this happen? Because that's the exact opposite of the kind of music that she would want to want to listen to, whatever. So, okay, so I give that example. Because I listen to that kind of music, 
if I, you know, if you're going to imitate me in the Christian life, that doesn't mean that you listen to Baroque music. It doesn't mean that you drive the same kind of truck that I do or wear the same kind of clothes that I do or cheer for the same football team that I do. Those are all things that are kind of, you know, explicit to my personality. Rather, I hope that you value godliness. I hope you value prayer. I hope you value those kinds of things. The things that I do that hopefully bring about godliness in my life, uh, I prayerfully that you, if you observe me, that would be the same way for you. Just with an older, an older godly gentleman uh, mm-hmm. who, you know, it, fishing, you know, is what he spends, is, that's his hobby. Well, it doesn't mean that you have to be a fisherman to be godly, you right. know. Uh, it doesn't mean that that has to be the hobby that you, that you desire. But watch the way he loves his wife. Watch the way that he cares for his church and adopting those kinds of things. You don't have any realistic flesh and blood examples if you're not a part of a, of a local church. Just ordinary Christians being ordinarily faithful. Like, what does it look like for a man to be a Christian man? Uh, the, the way to think about that, I don't think is necessarily to read a book on manliness, but to go to church and see like who are the men who are here that are that are living in a way that the Bible describes. If you're not a part of a church, you don't get that realistic flesh and blood kind of example. Yeah. The third thing um, that, that I've written down there is uh, that neglecting the church, you don't have the opportunity to be challenged. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have the opportunity to be you know, to have your presuppositions kind of questioned and maybe some of the direction in which you're living your life um, to, to be re- redirected. You know, uh, the, 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 I, the expression that we use of stepping on somebody's toes, you know, whenever they say something that is pretty honest and pretty straightforward and it's true and it kind of hurts, you know, hurts a little bit. Um, you, you're going to miss out on that if you're not a part of a local church because for a few reasons. One, you might be selective in the kinds of preaching that you listen to. You might not always listen to the preaching that gives the clearest explanation of the word, but might more cater to uh, a wide variety of listeners, you know, that, hey, I want a lot of people to hear this and to not be offended. If you're going to do that, you're not going to do really, I think, a good ministry of the word, because some of the time what we say in the Bible is offensive, like the gospel itself is offensive, that you in your sin can't please God. I mean, yeah. that is an offensive statement right there. Yeah. Um, not that you go to church to be offended, but you go to church to be uh, admonished, to be challenged in your thinking and in your way of living. Sometimes you need to be, you know, have your laziness uh, called out and say, yeah. hey, you're, you know, you're, you're not giving this area of your life to Christ. I think you miss out on that in two ways if you're not a part of a church. One, the regular preaching ministry of the Word, prayerfully, that if you're a part of a local church, your pastor is giving you the Word week by week by week. That's going to take shape in your heart. It's going to challenge some things in your heart. But secondly, your relationship with ordinary Christians who can question you, who can check up on you, who can read Scripture with you and apply that together, those kinds of things. You miss that if you're not a part of a local church. Definitely. And I think as we're reading through some of this, I am reflecting on my career. You know, a lot of these things I look for in a in a mentor or a boss sure. or something in for money. Uh, right. So if we're doing these things for money, how much more should we be doing for our God? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a good way to think about it. I mean, a lot of people will say, yeah, I'll take I'll take criticism at my job if it'll help me do my job better. But when it comes to the Christian life, I don't want anyone to tell me how what I should do. Yeah. I, I think that's kind of short-sighted. And I, you know, I think that's a great illustration there, James, because that makes sense to people. If they're not doing a good job at their job, um, they want to do their job well mm-hmm. um, because you know their, their reputation's at stake. They get paid for all that kind of stuff. Don't you want to serve Christ well? You right. know, don't you want to be a, a Christian who is is growing and who is godly? So if you're not a part of a local church, I think you miss out on that. 
Next thing you see is that if you're not a part of a local church, you don't have a diet of the word, a regular diet of the word. This is a, hopefully a quick point. Second Timothy 4.2, Paul exhorts Timothy, uh, his his protege, the, the preacher there. He was at the church at Ephesus for a while. He says, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, Re- reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. Um, I hope that if you're a part of a local church, your pastor spends time preparing to preach and to teach. Um, that should be a part of what one of the main things that he devotes his time to doing is preaching. Now, he might not be the greatest pastor, the greatest preacher in the world, uh, but at least that he's saying what accords with the Bible, mm-hmm. um, what he's saying what, what he's saying is true. Timothy is to preach the Word. That is, that's the bottom line. The goal of the ministry is to get the Word on, on into the ears of the people, that the, the Word of God does the work of God. I like to think about it of, uh, you know, the idea of uh, feeding people or feeding sheep. You know, if you're... I love to grill. I love to throw a steak down on the grill. Uh, and my wife, you know, I, we've made this transition that one time we went out to eat and I ordered my steak medium rare. And she was kind of like, why do you get your steak like that? And I let her try it. And she's like, that's the greatest steak I've ever had in my life. You know, it changed yeah. her life. And so I might, I might grill her steak just perfectly. It's just medium rare. It's perfection and put it on the plate. But I can't make her pick up the knife and fork and eat, right. you know? So, so when I think about, think about ministry, when you're being fed... You know, or when you when the preacher is preaching, prayerfully he's putting meat on the plate. He's putting a, a he's putting a meal on the plate for you. Um, but you got to pick up the knife and fork, and you've got to eat. Sometimes you might be a part of a church, and there's no meat being put on the plate. There's no meal being put in front of you. The word's not being preached, and that's a problem. But sometimes the problem in the church doesn't come at the fault of the pastor. The pastor's doing his job. It comes at the fault of the person who should pick up their knife and fork and eat. You know, you don't have a regular diet of the word. There's nothing being put on the plate regularly for you to digest. If you're not a part of a local church, you miss out on that. You got any thoughts on that? I do actually. Um, one of our members here at Creekside, she is a converted Catholic. Um, and so one of her stories was that, you know, she started reading the Bible in the Catholic church and, uh, eventually it got to the point where they said, hey, you're not allowed to do that anymore. You've right. got to get out of here because it has to be read by a certain person. And yeah. I, I am so thankful. I had, I would say this too, I had an uncle, a great uncle, he's, he's gone now, but he only had a third grade education and his reading was very minimal. But he would read the Word of God, and, and the Holy Spirit could work through those sure. words, and he understood it sometimes better than the, you know, with doctrines sure. or yeah. whatever, you know, just because he was so right. into it. Um, and so I think that having that opportunity, being allowed to read the Word of God, what an amazing opportunity, yeah. but not only what an amazing opportunity, but what an amazing opportunity to do it together with brothers and That's sisters right. yeah. and learn and grow together. Yeah, that's a good thought. Really good thought. Um, related to that, speaking of brothers and sisters, if you are neglecting the church, you don't have an opportunity to love someone different than you are. Uh, I think about Philippians 4, verse 2. Paul is writing to um, the church at Philippi, and I think this is the reason Paul wrote the letter to the church at Philippi, personally. I think that this the reason why Paul wrote the, the beautiful letter of Philippians that we have. That's some of the greatest verses in all of the Bible, I think it was written to the church at Philippi to address this particular reason. Uh, Philippians 4.2 says, I entreat Euodia and I entreat Suntiki, I think is how I would say that, to agree in the Lord. These are two women in the church at Philippi, and they have some disagreement. 
We don't know the nature of the disagreement. That's not told to us. But there are these two women, and Paul says, I am, I am entreating you, I'm encouraging you, you two women, agree in the Lord. Mm. Now, does that mean that they have to be best friends? I don't think, I don't think, that's, what, I don't think that's what it says. Um, what, he, what he is saying is you, you two ladies need to learn how to lay aside your differences so that you can pursue what the Lord tells you to pursue. Um, you know, Agree to disagree about some things, because you both agree on the gospel. That's one of the that's one of the difficulties in the world that we live in. We want everyone to agree with us about everything, yeah. uh, and not saying that there are some things that it's okay to agree to disagree about, and there's some things that it's not okay to disagree about or agree to disagree about. Some things are too important, so we will, we can never compromise on the message of the gospel. But there's all kinds of things we can afford to have different opinions about and still be a part of the same church. That's what Paul is encouraging that individual to those individuals to do. If you're not a part of a local church, you don't ha- even have that opportunity to yeah. say like, "Hey, there's someone who is in a different stage of life than I am. Maybe they have different views on some things than I do. Maybe that you know they like baroque music. You know, <laughs> they're just different than I am. Yeah. But I get to love them because of who Christ is. Like that's just such a beautiful witness." for the Christian. And if you're not a part of a local church, you're going to miss out on those opportunities. Again, just to rub shoulders with normal Christians, just yeah. to love people who are different than you are, just because Jesus loves them. And they're not always going to be easy to love. I, th- I think we can paint kind of a romanticized picture of that, that, oh, it's going to be wonderful. I have all these great, wonderful friends. Well, it's going to take some time. It's going to take some work, and it's going to take some forgiveness, but that doesn't mean that it's not a possibility for yeah. the Christian life. Yeah, that's a great point. I think that and this may be because I'm old school, but when social media became a thing, uh, people became ostracized and were, now you can just type in, it's, on, it's online, and you share your opinion no matter what. Sometimes that's good, sometimes that's bad. Sure. And so... It's only good as long as you share my opinion. Exactly. Right? <laughs> that's it. That's it. And so that's what I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah literally, uh, I think that before that was such a big thing and you were if you wanted to give your opinion you were talking to someone else about the opinion and guess what they got to do they got to give their opinion back and you got to discuss it and now you don't do that unless you're on a comment thread and then they just delete it and so don't go in the comments don't just don't just don't do it stay away from from it and so unless you want to comment on our uh podcast and let us know what you're thinking. But anyways, and so no, I think that that's very important being with a group of believers and being able to discuss our spirituality and maturing in Christ. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so if you're not a part of a local church, you don't get the opportunity to love someone different than you are. Yeah. Number six, I hope this is another short, short, short point. Uh, there's no regular observance of the ordinances or the sacraments. Um, if you're not a part of a church, you know, you don't get the opportunity to see someone be baptized regularly. You don't get the opportunity to observe the Lord's Supper regularly. Um, like we, we said, we do the Lord's Supper weekly here at Creekside. That's just kind of uh, who we are and what we do. Um, there's, good, I think, some good reasons behind that. But one of the joys of getting to come to the church each week is we get to do that together, be reminded of Christ's sacrifice together. If you're not a part of a local church, you, you're going to miss out on that opportunity, on that regular uh, observance there. Luke 22, 19 Jesus says, uh, or Luke's gospel says, speaking of Jesus, that he took bread when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to them, saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. 
we talked about how the the two things a church is supposed to do is to preach the gospel and administer the sacraments or the ordinances. Um, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Jesus tells us to do those things. If we're not involved with that and we're not yeah. involved with that regularly, um, I would just question what? Why do we think this is in the Bible? Why do you think Christ has told us to do these things? It's to be a regular observer of of these uh, of these things of these uh, commands, these ordinances that Jesus has given to us. So uh, neglecting the church harms you because you're not able to observe those kinds of things. To be reminded of the sacrifice of Christ, and not just that Christ died for me, uh, but that Christ also died for my brother, even the brother that might have differing opinions than I do. We can come to the Lord's table together yeah. and be unified in our proclamation that Jesus Christ is Lord. And you just miss that if you're not a part of yeah. a local church. There's just no real way to um, uh, yeah, to reduplicate that if you're if you're not. Even if you call yourself a Christian and you, you, know, you live stream your favorite church from home every week, um, I, I'm sorry, but if you, even if you do communion there, right. um, we just gotta, we gotta just stress that that is not the communion that the New Testament is is speaking of. And I'd go as far to say that's not communion at all, because for it to be communion, you need to gather with the church under the preached word. Yeah. Um, so if you're, you know, if you're doing that, uh, I, I just say it's just different. It's just not what it's not what Christ has called us to there. That the when we when we take communion together as a church, we look up at Christ, but we also look around at one another and yeah. see the, the other the other folks that Christ has rescued uh, and has redeemed. Yeah. In the past uh, podcast, you talked about setting down with your family at the table. Right. I mean, that's what this is. Yeah. And uh, you can't you can't substitute that. Right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, last thing here in this first part, that neglecting the church harms the Christian uh, because it's disobedient to Christ. And I, I think this is kind of the, the the nail in the coffin, so to speak, in this kind of argument that you can be a Christian and not be really plugged into a local church or be a part of a local church. Um, certainly you can be. You can be a Christian, uh, but you're not going to be an obedient Christian. Let's yeah. say in, in, this, in this regard, and this is why Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. It's funny, if you read Hebrews 10 here, um, after this exhortation, the author of Hebrews kind of goes, kinda goes into this uh, explanation of like the day of judgment, like the the, the, the Lord's wrath is going to be poured out. And I think it's really interesting. He goes into that right after talking about, you know, make sure you show up to the gathering of the saints as often as you can. Don't neglect it as a habit, you know? It's not to say you have to have perfect attendance to get into heaven, right? That's not right. at all what the New Testament teaches. But if you're never with the saints, if you never gather, first of all, you have to reckon with the fact that you're being disobedient to Hebrews 10, 24, and 25. And that's not me saying it. That's, you know, that's the Scripture saying it. So right. uh, that's, that's, what we, that's what we believe because we believe the Bible is the Word of God. Um, if you're not, if you have a habit of neglecting the assembling of the church, I would just ask yourself why. Is there bitterness and unforgiveness in your heart? Well, Jesus commands you to forgive those who have harmed you, those who have hurt you, um, those kinds of things, and also to consider we do this because we see the day of the Lord drawing near, that last day, that day of judgment, that day of wrath. Um, just something to be mindful of, yeah. uh, that, the, that the day of the Lord is coming, that He will come once again for His church, and, uh, and on that day He will judge those who are not in Christ, right. and He will rescue and redeem all of those who are. One of the ways we can be encouraged as we await that final day, await the final coming of the Lord, is to gather at the church and remind ourselves 
who we are and who he is and devote ourselves uh, to, 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 you know, being his disciples. Uh, we, enc- we encourage one another to persevere in the faith whenever we gather together as the church. So that's, that's what I would say are some of the reasons um, neglecting the church would harm a Christian. Yeah, and I, I'd like to point out specifically, there are a lot of p- people that have been hurt by the church or yeah. someone in the church. And so these these things that we're showing here, um, going to that person that hurt you, you know, obviously that, that forgiveness is not easy. Right. But going to them and pointing out how that they hurt you is how that they can, you know, essentially know that they hurt you. Yeah. And unfortunately, a lot of times when someone gets hurt by the church, the answer for them is to then just neglect and yeah, get away. Well, then right. the person that did the hurting may never know. Right. And when the day of the Lord comes, that person didn't know yeah. that they hurt you, yeah. you know? And, uh, and now I will say that in some cases, people might not care that they hurt someone. Right. In that case, you might want to look for a different uh, church to yeah. then be a part of, yeah. you know? And so obedience, uh, being part of a church, I think you should... Definitely question. And I want to clarify that um, we're not saying you have to come, you have to be a part of our church, right? Or a church that is like ours. No. But a church, you know, that just the very just the very basic uh, fundamentals are a church where the gospel is preached and where the ordinances and sacraments are practiced in a right and uh, an effective manner. So um, just just keeping those things those things in mind. Um, You're right. There are a lot of people who have been hurt by the church. Does that mean that we give up on the church? I don't think so. Um, The 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 problem with the church is that there's people in it. Yeah. Uh, Just like anything, if there's people there, it's going to mess up or it's going to it's going to hurt you at some point in time. Uh, that's just a part of life. So um, I don't stop going to Publix because, you know, people there are rude to me. They're not really that rude at Publix, pretty nice <laughs> at Publix. But I don't stop going to, you know, wherever it might be because I had a bad experience there uh, just, this, just this one particular time. If it's something that I need to do, you know what I mean? Um, I don't willingly put myself in... Uh, in, uh, in those situations where I'm going to be mistreated. But the yeah. Bible just it tells us over and over again that, that that's one that shouldn't be the case uh, in, in the church. If you are regularly mistreated at the church, there's some deeper conversations you might want to exactly. have. Um, but if you're if you're just not showing up to church, I'll just say why. And have you considered the things that we've talked about here, what you're missing out in the Christian life? Yeah. So on the flip side of that, what advice would you give someone who has already neglected the church uh, but now they're trying to redirect their attention towards giving the church more priority. Yeah, I would say first just to just to admit that you have messed up. Um, yeah. That's the that's the first thing you do as a Christian is to you know confess your sins to the Lord. Neglecting a church is not the unforgivable sin. You know, I would say it is a sin because the Scripture clearly teaches about it. But neglecting the assembly is not the unforgivable sin. Um, so just admit that to the Lord. Uh, if you're a pastor, if you're you know if you're a member of a church, admit that to your pastor. Um, and come and say, hey, I've I've been disobedient in this way, and I want to do a better job. I promise you, if you go to your pastor and you say, hey, I've been disobedient to the Lord in my forsaking of this assembly, and I want to try to make the church more of a priority in my life, how can I do that? I guarantee you your pastor is chomping at the bit to help you answer that question, yeah. to help you get enfolded into the church, help find someone to disciple you and all those different kinds of, of things. You know, it's I, I guarantee you that will be the case. So uh, just be honest about that. Have a conversation with the the pastor, the person in ministry uh, that's there, and uh, then just make that commitment, you know, to be a part of the church and to to figure out how you can uh, do the things that Jesus has commanded us to do. Yeah, um, we've talked a lot about neglecting the church. So, if you are someone who has neglected the church and you have more questions, feel free to reach out in an email or go on our website, contact us. Yeah, feel free to ask questions. I, I think that. 
unfortunately, when people do neglect the church for a reason of being hurt or whatever it might be, it's hard to make that Absolutely. step. Um, and so if we can be that resource for you, please reach out to us. Um, uh, yeah. So anyways, any concluding thoughts? I don't think so. I think I've talked enough <laughs> in this one. Perfect. So. All right. Well, guys, we are so happy that you joined us. Uh, we hope to see you back here next week. And uh, we'll see you next time right here on the Creekside Podcast. Mm-hmm.